Welcome to the Degrassi Book Club. Two inebriated bibliophiles discuss the teen drama that is the Degrassi Junior High book series. Brought to you by the Degrassi AV Club. Welcome to Degrassi Book Club. I'm Jason and I'm here with Hello. Allison. Hi, Good, how are you? I'm so excited for another I am book. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we're doing Shane. Um, and well, we're not doing shame. <laughs> Our topic is Shane, and this book made me like well, that's him. That's good. It didn't really make me like him, but that's okay. Oh, I maybe, or I guess it like personified him as a character yeah. more. How's that? Yeah. Okay. It was funny that you kept being like, "It made me like him." I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah, I I do. I like Shane. I more feel now. bad for Shane that they used bit. this picture for him on the cover. It is not a good it's look for Shane not- on this He's like, cover. <laughs> <laughs> he's like literally on the verge of puberty and voice yeah, cracking it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, really yeah. an unfortunate picture um yeah it's also really bright and he's not really he's like me he's very pale skinned like you're not meant for bright lighting <laughs> like no he is doing what kind old, of copy do you have i have an old copy and i also know oh, it's, really? it's also well it's brand new but it's one of the original ones uh-huh. but it's so new that nobody had ever opened it before me so then, Gorgeous. of course, reading it, I didn't want to crease anything. So I'm reading it like I should probably take a picture, but I would have to have Josh do it um, of me reading it because <laughs> if I opened it with one hand, I would then ruin the integrity of the spine. <laughs> You're just barely yeah. opening it. Such a nerd. <laughs> I love that. Um, I possibly don't have multiple copies of this one, but I do. Uh, and so my reading copy is um, also from the girls' nice. school that I had one from before. Uh, Yes. And it was taken out in April 9th of 1997. I kept on to it for a long time. I know. And also March 14th. And um, in the back, there's just a card holder. There's not an actual Mm. card. Um, But this copy is is pretty well-worn, I will say. Oh, if anyone to read about Shane, that's sweet. (laughs) I know. Um, How are you liking the books Um, so far? Uh, varying degrees. I actually liked this one. And I think this one I found that um, this one was written by Susan Nielsen at Lou Ella for, for those that don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, and you could tell she's really actually going to become an author, you know, like, yes, she's yeah, a good writer. Like, this like was the writing. first one that didn't put me to sleep. Within <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. I can actually like read through this one. So, um, but I'm enjoying it the books because I like, I like getting the extended episodes and the tidbits and whatnot. And this too, like right. you could tell that she's a writer on the show because she knows all the information. Yeah. She knows yeah. what she's talking it's about. Like, oh, that's nice. Well, in relation to the show too, like this book is basically sort of the beginning of it's late and then it ends with taking off mm-hmm. part two. And there's lots of dinner in a show yes. in the middle of it, too. And so the, that's kind of what yeah. it covers. <laughs> Just with a little bit of extra. But yeah. Yeah. Are you liking one. the books so far? Yes, yeah. I love them. <laughs> I It was nice because um, I got to read them for funsies and not do post its in them right away mm-hmm. the other day because um, I've been reading one or two every other oh day. <laughs> and um, well, not, that's not entirely true, but uh, reading them pretty quickly and I've been enjoying them. I've read up to Melanie. I can't I wait to start Melanie, so. but I'm trying to finish another book I'm reading first. Okay. What, which one, no. Shane? <laughs> A non-Degrassi book. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, do you want to read the back cover? I would love cover? to read the back cover. So Shane. Shane is a loner at Degrassi and at home. He and his parents don't relate too well. 
especially since he started grade 8. Life seems to get better when Shane starts seeing Spike, and he feels more popular at school. But then, the impossible happens. Spike finds out she's pregnant, and Shane is the father. One little mistake, and now it's ruining his life. School is a drag. Home is a drag. Spike won't even talk to him anymore. Then Shane goes, goes away to camp for the summer, and surprisingly, it's great. The next fall, he thinks he finally has it all together. But Shane's new sense of independence backfires. Before he knows it, he's in trouble again. And then, disaster strikes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, for, for um, those of you who are listening, uh, we find out what happened on the oh bridge. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. I feel yeah. like it's like 30 years of mystery. <laughs> well, I feel like I had read about it before and I never, I just sort of forgot about it or blocked it out of my mind, but we have definitive proof of yeah. the bridge. I'm so glad. Uh, yay oh, wow. <laughs> I just... uh, do I have to do my book report now um you do yeah well actually oh, do you want to read about it. the authors oh yeah yeah, yeah totally You're the smart. author Thank you. the authoress yes. <laughs> um susan nielsen was born in 1964 and lives in toronto ontario with two fat cats she graduated from ryerson's radio and television arts program in 1985 for the past two years, Susan has spent the most of her time as a scriptwriter for the TV series Degrassi Junior High, and occasionally makes guest appearances on the show as the janitor, Love Luella. <laughs> <laughs> when not working, she explores the film and music scenes in Toronto, reads voraciously, studies Swedish, and travels extensively. She wrote Shane while on a three-month trip to Stockholm, Sweden. So Aww. I love that little last tidbit, especially when, um, what was the last book we read? Spike. When you asked if the author, was it even Spike? I don't know. You asked if the author Can didn't wrap. edit uh -huh. and uh, you know, had like been working on that book for a year. And I'm like, there's no way. Uh, oh. And I love how Susan Nielsen <laughs> just straight up is like, yeah, I wrote this in three months on vacation. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like simple, yeah. easy. Didn't really have to think about that. Here we go. <laughs> I follow her on Instagram and she's like always bicycling and on adventures in like really nice places. And I think she has like relatives from Sweden or something. Probably. Like that. She's coming to Maui a couple of times too. I know. I've seen that. And I was like, I always expect to see you in the background yeah. in the bush. Well, I kind of wonder. I'm like, well, she writes books. Does she come to libraries? <laughs> oh, that's I could be run exciting. into her in a library yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right, so shall I do my yes, book report? Yes, let me pull out my rubric to grade you, though. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Are you ready I'm for my so book ready report? for your book report. Okay, so today's book is Shane by Susan Nielsen. The main character of this book is Shane, who's a young man about to become a dad, who just wants to be loved and fit in. Spike, his baby mama, is way cooler than him. Obvi. <laughs> <laughs> he lives with two elderly people, possibly the most fertile older woman in the world, and a minister guy that's really grumpy. A minor character of this book is Chuck, a windsurfing friend from camp, possibly a J.O. buddy. Another minor character is Luke, his friend and co-worker, also a drug buddy, possibly drunken making out buddy as possibly. well. Another major character in this book is The Bridge, Shane's biggest oh, enemy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> I actually prepared yeah, it this time, tell. so now you're amazing. in trouble. <laughs> Summary. <laughs> Shane is going to be a dad, 
His girlfriend's Christine is struggling with keeping the baby or giving it up. Shane gets sent away to camp by his religious parents. There he learns to windsurf, jerk off, and ignores problems by going away for the summer to be a counselor. (laughs) Shane returns back to school and gets a job with Luke. Shane starts drinking, smoking pot, and throwing up on shag carpets. He then decides to try acid at the Gourmet Scump concert before getting transferred to Strathconia, some sort of Canadian military school. (laughs) After the concert, Shane meets a bridge and a bird. Nice foreshadowing. (laughs) My favorite part of the book? The little bird at the end. Oh, the little bird. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to now read a paragraph from the book. It is from page 112. All right. Wow, exclaimed Shane. Tell me more. He tried to imagine his father as a teenager. He soon gave up and listened instead. His father started to drive towards home. It was a couple years after the war. Most people were prospering at the time, but not us. (laughs) My father was a traveling Bible salesman. Shane settled back in his seat. For the first time in his entire life, his dad was talking to him like a friend instead of a father. He smiled, savoring every word his dad said. This was the kind of moment he had often dreamed of. A moment of friendship with his parents. (laughs) Wow, you didn't like that. I feel bad for Shane in this book. Yeah, it's a little pitiful, Shane, in this book. Yeah. God, did we just both like throw our books down on the table? It's like, <laughs> but yeah, it's my all oh, poor Shane. I know. Moment. So I'm going to grade you, and I'm just going to have to be <gasps> honest. Just because of your yeah. list of characters, I'm giving you an A plus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was it the bridge? <laughs> it was the bridge. It was Chuck. I it was were... the fertile parent. <laughs> <laughs> I, well because oh we we didn't put that in our quotes actually but in this book they talk about the mom being 50 yeah. something they he were they refer to shane's parents as 50 something so she had her in her 40s which isn't that out of control but in the 80s in that's the pretty 80s exciting is, that's pretty out of control in the 80s yeah so yeah. i think um is a perfect description <laughs> <laughs> thank, oh, you. thank you that's quite enjoyable <laughs> i feel like i have to up my game for the melanie book now I don't know. I thought you were going to fail me. Actually, <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" I thought I thought I left something big out. I was like, "Oh you gosh, darn it!" Of course, I forgot something. <laughs> oh wow, which is not my skill set. Usually, I'm the one that leaves something out, and then someone will send me a message. And oh, that's me. fun. All right. <laughs> uh, um, so now we're going to do some quotes oh, from yeah. the book, and we have kind of a bunch for this book, but this book. Really did have a lot this of good book, stuff. I in mean, it. like I said, Susan Nielsen clearly has been writing for Degrassi since the beginning. So she really like hit the nail on the head with everything in this book, you know? So there's a lot there's a lot in here and there's a lot of there's weird lot. thought that went into things too. Bad. So Carlos is very excited. He has been for waiting. Thank you for joining all us, morning. <laughs> it's crazy. Like yesterday morning when I opened the door and he was out front, he was like, Is it Sunday? Yeah. You were off yesterday, so I'm just here and ready. <laughs> Oh, and if you happen to listen and not follow us, you can follow us at Kicked in the Broomhead um, on Instagram. And I'm going to put up a little video of Carlos. And we have a new website, DegrassiPodcast.com. Oh yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> For like two episodes, I've forgotten that. <laughs> you can tell how we're really – rate, review, subscribe. What I, do the kids say? I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Patreon, Just yeah, come pass. enjoy. Um, 
Yeah, just to have yeah. some funsies. Pull up. <laughs> Send me an email. I'll send I you know, a I know. I almost said pull up a drink. <laughs> <laughs> pull up a drink. Pull up a drink and enjoy some Degrassi. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so, quotes. Um, I've got yeah. page eight. Are I am you ready? So ready? It had all started when he began dating Spike. Her real name was Christine, but everyone called her Spike because of her wild hair, which she did every morning so it would stick straight up. She was popular and pretty. Shane couldn't believe she would ever notice him, but she did. Shane had always been a loner. Sometimes he daydreamed about being friends with Joey Jeremiah or Derek Wheeler, the guy everyone called Wheels. Shane thought that was great having a nickname. Joey and Wheels were two of the coolest guys in the school. They had no problems talking to anyone even the best-looking girls. But Shane could barely talk to the guys, let alone the girls. This kills me. <laughs> I had that flagged immediately. I was like, I didn't know Joey and Wheels were the coolest guys in school. And also, it says that Spike does her hair wild, but her mom does exactly. her hair. Exactly. And he knows that she does it every morning. So, Well, you'd have to yes, do that every morning. Can you an... imagine what her hair must look yeah. like in the morning? One side's all flat on her head, so she's got one side fanned out, and the other three quarters are flat. Be awful. It'd be hilarious. Oh, it would hurt, I think. So mine kind of comes off of that. It's on page 11. Okay. So even after they'd been dating for a while, he still had to pinch himself to make sure it wasn't a dream. After all didn't have much in common. She wore a black leather jacket and pointy black boots, and she knew all the latest music. Shane wore the button-down shirts and top siders that his mother had bought him. He didn't have a clue what was happening on the music scene. Duh. He was in awe of Spike. Yeah. He thought she was absolutely beautiful. I know. Oh, I enjoy yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, there's no way this kid was dating oh, her. Absolutely but, no way. Yeah. Well, and that's going to segue into my page, which I don't know how this kid got to do this to her. Oh, no. <laughs> Ready? What page? Page 14. Right. Uh, thank you for that gentle prompt. That was very nice of you. I well, I actually that. have it written down as my quote, so that's why I'm asking. Oh, you're <laughs> correct. Thank you for that aggressive prompt. <laughs> take it take it like Spike well, is about to be taken by This was by the page Shane. I really wanted to read. <laughs> I know, I agree. <laughs> I actually have the flag upright in this one because, like, when I was reading, I was like, this one's mine. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. It's not the only flagpole in the scene. <laughs> On that note, page 14. <laughs> <laughs> Just be careful, his mom said. We don't want you getting into any trouble. So Shane went off to the party, and boy, did he get into trouble. At the time, though, <laughs> he was sure it was the best night of his life because that night, Shane McKay lost his virginity. He could barely remember how it happened. They had both seemed drunk with excitement, and when Shane pulled Spike into one of the bedrooms, she let him. They didn't say one word to each other, one thing led to another. Then he was inside her. It was an incredible, weird feeling. He had no self-control, and it was over within seconds. <laughs> but at the time, that didn't matter. What mattered was he'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> they really just... 
just bringing it home that it was just a couple seconds for this poor guy. Oh yeah, the the five seconds has been like what half of these past two books have been about. Like they're like, don't bother. It's not going to last. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's just dumb. Like just so funny. It's like oh my god, they're just they're just teaching teaching everybody to not want to do it. It's hilarious. Yeah, there there is no romancing about it. <laughs> oh gosh. Um oh, all right. So page 25. Oh, yeah. This is a similarity to the episode, which a lot of these books do follow very close I know. To the I loved reading it though. This made me happy. So go on. <laughs> yeah, this this is a scene that I can visualize. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So it's back to school. Everyone's going, you know, up the stairwell. Going toward the front steps, he heard, "Hi daddy." It was Kathleen, a nasty grade seven girl who was sitting on the steps. Shane gave her an evil look and kept walking. He couldn't believe it. Even the seventh graders were ganging up on him. I can still just see Kathleen's scowl and her saying, hi, daddy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love her. And doesn't, while he's walking up in the episode, doesn't she turn and say, oh, look, there's Shane. I wonder if you got anyone pregnant over the summer. She does say that at one part. So hi, daddy must have been after that. Yes, that's what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Go, Kathleen. I love you. I do, too. She's just a freaking gem. Oh, speaking of murderers, on page 35. Oh. She can murder you with that glare. (laughs) The Care Bear's there. His mom cried a lot. Shane caught her occasionally as she sat knitting. A few times he tried to comfort her, but she brushed him off. He felt like a murderer trying to comfort the mother of a person he had just killed. Okay. (laughs) We went there. That's a little bit yeah. much. Like it's that's a very like, bold oh statement. Oh my really gosh! Not going nice for the dramatics here. <laughs> like a murderer. Yeah. So it was obviously after Shane told his parents what happened. I know we're not talking about Erica the murderer. Gosh. <laughs> so on page forty-one, um, what I love is that it was a fashion yes. reference, and I didn't know if it was true or not. And so I got to go look on Katie Broomhead's page, and I was like, okay, did she really wear this? So it's about, um, the episode is dinner and a, um, and a show. And I appreciate that you got to reference somewhere else to find out if this was true. Go on. Yes. And so, yes, thank God that Katie has archived every fashion look for us. Because I was like, thank you, miss. I did not have to watch this episode no. again. <laughs> I love you, Katie Broomheads. Thank you. Um, Katie of the Night on YouTube as well. All right. So page 41. Spike was wearing a cult t-shirt and a short skirt. On her feet were pointy black boots. Shane admired her for choosing to be herself, even for this uncomfortable occasion. He looked down at his own clothes, suddenly wondering if he'd made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) But he had never made any personal statements through his clothes. Which, unfortunately, he will start making personal (laughs) statements through his clothes. It's just the wrong statements. It's true. It's the wrong statements. (laughs) Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go a little bit wonky at one point up here. <laughs> so he gets not sent away, but basically sent away to be a camp counselor. Um, and he ends up making friends with yes. Chuck, his little buddy. And so we'll go into Chuck a little bit more later as into, into stuff we didn't know. Um, but his parents come to visit him. And <laughs> on page 79, he tells them exactly how he's feeling about things. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right. All right. Um, So 
his mom, his dad, sorry. You need anything? More socks? Underwear? His dad asked. Shane had the distinct impression that the picnic table wasn't really a picnic table, but a long desk in a prison with a thick piece of bulletproof plastic running down the middle of it, separating him from his parents. So bad. (laughs) How are the Bible classes here? Asked his mom. Shane looked right at them. Boring. He knew he was being rude, but in a strange way, it felt good. In a way, Shane thought they deserved it. Is it his teacher? His dad asked, hopeful. No, replied Shane slowly. It's the Bible. (laughs) Harsh. I... How did his elderly dad not just pass out right then? I'm picturing him clutching his pearls and falling over. (laughs) Yes. Like, I can see the mother taking it well, but I cannot see the father taking that well. I just see a hand in a slap. Like, before, like, he even says Bible, like, just whack. (laughs) Like, he's out. God. (laughs) Wow. That was that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, you're up on page one twenty-two. You said one twenty-two again last time too. So apparently, that's my way of saying one twenty-two. Um, and you had notes on one twenty-two twice. Go Winnie two, yeah, Winnie two. That's really funny. So at okay. this point, Luke is now fr- well. Luke and Shane are now friends. Oh yeah. So Luke got Shane a and- job at some burger joint, and and Luke is turning him over to the dark side. So he longed to feel like crap. One of Luke's expressions, because even if Luke didn't feel so great on Sunday, he was obviously enjoying himself far more than Shane was on a Saturday night. God. I have to say possibly, but not the Saturday night at Lucy's yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Lucy's party house is really boring looking, but that's just me. It doesn't. Yeah. They write about the parties as amazing, but they don't look no. fun. And so I, I do like that Luke and Shane are hanging out and getting into all sorts of mayhem together. Yes, though. Shane needs to loosen up. So they become friends. Well, they start working together. And then one day um, Luke needs some beer money. So he invites Shane to hang out, which is the only reason <laughs> why. Know, it's super fucked up because then for a while, that's why they hang out. Yeah, throughout the whole book, um, Luke is just asking Shane, do you have 10 bucks?" and making him do all the hard work at the burger joints. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and the other thing that, you know, so in the book, um, Shane gets a job to give some money to Spike. But on his second day of work, he's like a cook at a burger joint, like making omelets and burgers and stuff. I don't (laughs) think that it doesn't, right? It's not. Okay. All right. So they're... um, They're at Luke's um, house. Chapter 31, page 125. This is totally amazing, Shane exclaimed as he looked around Luke's room. It was in the basement of his parents' house, and it was full of old, wobbly pieces of furniture. A plaid pull-out couch was placed at one end of the room, and an old lazy boy chair sat beside it. At the other end of the room was an old black and white TV set and a brand new stereo. Posters of rock bands adorned the walls, and the floor was covered with a shick, a a thick green shag carpeting. The room even had its own entrance through the garage. (laughs) How could one person be so lucky? Luke had everything going for him. I just had to add that in there. (laughs) But I do think this would be super rad if you were that young. I'd be like, okay, I want to live there. It's awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) No parents. 
You got it. No. Yeah, Luke's parents are like barely around except for when the dad steals his yeah. beer or something like that in one Yeah, chapter. they definitely <laughs> made it seem like he's got some deadbeat parents. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem like the best parents. Yeah. All right. So, so this next quote is um basically just goes with my vein of being grossed out by how filthy people are. So <laughs> oh, it's on page yes. 163 and Shane's cleaning out his locker because he's getting ready to go to Strathconia. Strathconia. Is Strathconia a real school? Did we look it up? Uh, I did look it up and I did not find it. And it's where his brother yeah, goes. I feel like the, we looked it up yeah. when we watched the episodes because it sounds like something yeah, that would be in like Transylvania, but... So, <laughs> right. I know. I was like, is this where Victor yeah. Crumb went? But <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you hit it. <laughs> Perfect. I'd hit Victor Crumb any day. So, Shane didn't say anything. <laughs> he examined a dirty, wrinkled pair of socks that had lodged themselves into a crevice at the bottom of his locker. So, that was what he'd been smelling since October. He threw them into the garbage. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part. It's your last weekend in Toronto, Luke said. You've got to go out with a bang. <laughs> and boy, does he. <laughs> oh, wow. And boy, does he. he. Does. Bang, splat. It's Aww. the same. <laughs> All right. So we're getting we there. It's it's coming on. Well, um, page 169, a little bit more foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. He walked out of Degrassi and down the front steps. When he reached the sidewalk, he turned. Bye forever, he said to the red brick exterior. Only wish. <gasps> uh, I jumped in with that <laughs> one. Did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I know. I had I to. Understand. I understand. All right. So they, um, they're going to go to the Gourmet Scum concert. As Gourmet Scum is breaking up, the entire school is going there. The entire school has been outfitted by the band. Everyone's in a Gourmet Scum sweater. <laughs> yeah. There's Gourmet Scum underwear. And um, Luke has decided that he's going to procure some acid. And... And on page one, so if you've seen the episode, um, the scene follows it pretty much the same. And you see that the acid is giant, giant but sh it's referred to as a tiny thing that may be dangerous. But more importantly is this information. <laughs> Shane looked from Tim to Luke. I'm not chicken, he replied, but he didn't put the paper in his mouth right away. He looked at the two pieces sitting yeah. in his hand. Yeah, you should only take one, Luke said. Since it's your first time, you can save the other piece for a rainy day. Shane popped one in his mouth and swallowed. It was so easy, he looked at the other one in his hand for a moment, then said, What the hell? and popped it in two. Luke <laughs> stared at him, then he so, started to laugh. Boy, are you ever going to fly tonight? <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> just to, yeah, he'll fly. He's just not yeah. gonna land. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh goodness so gracious! In the episode, I, we talked about yeah. this, where that hit of acid easily looked like four hits. Not that I know this yes, or anything. It was giant, but no, not that you'd ever heard of yeah, such a thing. But it's like the size of a real stamp, which is just not. So if he took two of those, that's basically eight hits. You know, like. Yeah, it was <laughs> so. So the the visual representation was pretty good, actually. In the, in but the I episode. so it, it showed how crazy. I so he was. wish in the episode he took that other hit and we saw it. That would have been, I guess, that would have been just a. Well, it would have made more sense. That? It would have made more sense if he'd like gone way yeah. too far. <laughs> I guess it just would have been too much for them to show. But I think it would have made made it so much 
So much better. <laughs> so much better. So much better. All right. Page 179. Okay. So, page 179. And Shane is tripping. <laughs> uh, he watched one guy sing along to the lyrics. His mouth seemed all twisted out of shape as he sang. Shane thought he looked like a big chimpanzee. He started to laugh even harder. Then he turned towards the stage. Suddenly he became aware of the sound. It was amazing. It was the best music he'd ever heard. But he wasn't just hearing it. He was feeling it. It pounded through his body. The bass line felt like it was flowing through his veins along with his blood. He watched the band members. And as he stared, the whole stage became a series of purple and green cubes. Even the musicians were made of cubes. It was beautiful. He kept staring, wanting to imagine, oh, wanting the image to last. He had an overwhelming desire to get closer to the stage. Everyone was so wrapped up in the concert that nobody saw him leave his seat. I don't really need to go any further because a bouncer stops him right. and whatever. So, but <laughs> So basically he sees that he's an 8-bit. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he just needed the description. Right, so he... Mm -hmm. He decides he's going to leave the concert and sort of walk around town. Um, and he's still on the drugs. And he gets to the bridge. Oh, my God. He's sort of standing on, like, the railing, uh, beating himself, talking to himself about how he doesn't need anyone. He's a jerk and that I sort of thing. I am a jerk. Go and, on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he climbed up onto the railing of the bridge. Gripping a support girder with one hand, he swung himself forward, enjoying the sensation. Private school, he muttered angrily. Gross. <laughs> Where they strip you of your individuality and turn you into a robot? A swamp sex yeah. robot. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be a fun robot. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> then he laughed again. Why should he care about individuality? Every time he tried to act like an individual, he only wound up making all the people he cared about hate him, including himself. Suddenly, he was overcome with fear. He was in a trap and he had to get out. He looked down. It was quite a drop. He lost his balance and grabbed onto the steel girder. For a few minutes, he just stood there, trying to calm himself. It was cold now, but he didn't feel it. A small bird flew in front of him, and he watched it, mesmerized. She made it look so easy. She was so free. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> he let go of the girder. Bending his knees slightly, he started to slowly move his arms up and down like he'd seen the bird do with her wings. Then a gust of wind came along, pushing at his back. Shane lost his balance. Terrified, he reached out for the steel girder again, but it was too late. He was flying. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's so it after school special. So I love after it. After school special. I love it. Everything I love you it. were always told about eating acid was that you would think you could fly, yeah, and you would try and you would fall, <laughs> die. Yeah. Also, I like that because this is the same bridge that Stephanie Kay went to when she was yeah. upset, right? Like, what is this sadness bridge? Like, where we just go to this bridge? <laughs> it's like a menstruation hut, yeah. but a bridge. Like, welcome to Sadness Bridge. Here's where oh, you hang God. out. God, I bet there's a troll, too. I'm sure too. there is a troll. <laughs> All right. Um, so, from Degrassi Bridge, we lead to the part where 
um, Shane's in the hospital. Yeah. And is this one it's you? Me, oh, yeah, but this it's is a hard follow-up to that last right. one, so. <laughs> <laughs> we can just jump to stuff we yeah. didn't know, but I thought this, this so, is, well, he's in the hospital room. Well, he's in right, the hospital ahead. room, and he feels like he's going in and out of consciousness, whatever. So he felt sluggish, like he had when he was a little boy with an awful fever. He would fall into fitful sleeps that seemed impossible to wake from. That's what it felt like now. He kept dreaming that he was awake and talking to the people around him. Then he realized it was still part of his dream. He hadn't talked at all. Then one day, it wasn't a dream. Someone was pinching him. Hard. He was vaguely aware that this wasn't <laughs> the first time someone had pinched him in an attempt to wake him. But that was the first time it really hurt. <laughs> so they've just been pinching him this uh, whole so time? So is he covered with bruises? <laughs> Is that a thing? Like, I don't, I, obviously, I'm not a comatologist. I'm pretty sure it's not. But is that like a thing? No, that, they, that can't be a thing. That's. I guess they would do sensory things, like, and maybe, like, well, actually, you know what? I misspoke. Because now that I think about it, when I've worked on animals who have trouble, like, in their back, hind limbs, we'll, we'll pinch them with a little. Yeah, yeah but you don't okay. pinch them really hard. You just pinch them to see if their nerves react. Uh, yeah, it seemed like he was getting pinched. Like it seemed really like he was getting like purple nurple style, like all over. <laughs> well, my thought was like they were like he's just yeah. faking it. Like that's what I thought. They're like he's. I'm going to wake him up. <laughs> Do you think Tim pinched him when he dropped the card off? <laughs> no. no, Tim and Nancy you know, were too I, scared to catch the the strychnine. They didn't go near that bed. <laughs> I bet you Tim and Nancy just sat there and told him everything that was going on in school. And he's like, I don't fucking care about these people. <laughs> he's like, they're like, and Alexa was doing this today. And he's like, who's Alexa? <laughs> like, it's like, I, no, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I like do too. I, I want Susan Nielsen to write the rest, but I already know she doesn't. So. That's okay. All right. So some stuff we didn't learn or some stuff we learned, some stuff we didn't know. What I didn't know, um, which I decided to make a little note about, was how close Shane and Wiley were together. Me neither. Yeah. So Shane basically is like how he's not, you know, thinks he's not popular and he wishes he had friends. And he was on the soccer team with Wiley. But apparently on page nine, they've broken up after Christine came along. (laughs) Put it that way, too. (laughs) (laughs) He saw his friend Wiley approaching him. Shane still felt bad about Wiley. He'd kind of dumped him when he started hanging around Spike's friends. Wiley was really nice and really smart, but like Shane, he wasn't exactly popular. The two of them would often go downtown together on weekends and check out the latest video games. But when Shane got the chance to hang out with the popular crowd, he went for it. Rude. Rude, rude, rude. (laughs) Well, and then on page 12, we find out what happened to Wiley. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Shane didn't even say hello to him in the halls. Looking back, he felt like an idiot. Do you mean asshole? He would do anything for a friend like Wiley now, but Wiley had moved to Montreal over Christmas, so Shane was on his own. Deserves it. Well, there you go. Deserves it. He totally vooled Wiley. Mm-hmm. Rude. Rude, yeah. rude, rude. Total asshole. I just... <laughs> dick moves. <laughs> some serious dick moves. Surprising dick moves, too. I know. I thought, yeah. I, I, I don't know. remember ever seeing them hang out in the background. Well, 
I also thought that Shane was more confident, and so I was really surprised that he was like this unconfident and a little bit sad. It was a bit of a surprise to me, but not so much of a surprise as his fashion choices after he went away to become a camp counselor. Yeah, so this is something that's always (laughs) driven me crazy watching the show, and I'm sure I've talked about it in earlier podcast episodes that there's no way Spike would ever let a dude in a bad tie-dye get with her and why he's always wearing a bad tie-dye. And we actually get an explanation. So at (laughs) camp, Shane learns all about the tie-dye. So this is when his parents are visiting. So this is on page 78. And what, what kind of shirt is that? His mom asked, trying to be pleasant. God, he thought. Doesn't his mom even know what a tie-dye was? It had been a huge fashion trend 20 years ago. He'd learned a tie-dye over the summer, and now he was teaching it to the kids in a workshop. Of course, the six plain white shirts sent up with him, only one remained white, and Shane was planning on tie-dyeing it tomorrow. Tie-dye? You need anything? More socks? Underwear? <laughs> but, you know, I love it. And then they mentioned tie-dye, like, quite a few times throughout the book after this. Yeah. Like, they... They really drill it in. I love that Susan Nielsen felt that it was necessary to explain. I wonder if in the writer's room they had talked about Shane and his tie-dye wearing and like... That's what I wonder, like what came first, like the book part or the episode? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the book, I feel like the episode came first and the book came after, but I wonder if they they actually did like backstories for these kids and then she decided she wanted to get it out in the book. Yes, exactly. I thought that was, yeah, I was like, that's really cool. I like it. It it made a lot more sense to me too. I was like, oh. The tie dye finally fucking yeah, explained. Why is he wearing that? No, and it's like, and then it was like, like it was like he was a camp counselor. I was like, of course he was yeah. making tie dye if he was a camp counselor. Like that it doesn't makes mean he needs to still wear them, but at least it makes sense. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I like that it explained why he was gone when like Emma was in preemie yeah, care and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it made sense. I, yeah, it filled yeah. in some blanks. It also introduced us to his new friend, oh, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. And, you know, as we like to think, the theme of Degrassi is, is, is like the homosexual, say, the homosexual undertones. I really thought that's where this was going. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's lots of like, he wanted to be like Chuck and just spend all his time with Chuck and bunk with Chuck and Chuck, 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 Chuck. Chuck. And they're going <laughs> swimming and windsurfing and wow. Yeah. Like eating meals together. And I feel like, yeah, and so here it's um so it's the Christmas episode. Um so it, you know, we can think it's December and it's like Shane had written him three letters since September. And this morning he finally received something back. Boy. Hey Splash, <laughs> thanks I'm for sorry, your letters. Just the nickname Splash alone. Yeah. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> that's his nickname from learning to windsurf because he wasn't very good. <laughs> Sorry I haven't written till now, but it's like I told you before. I'm a great talker, but a lousy writer. Who the fuck is he, Mike that's, Nelson? Oh, it's hilarious because that's the only voice I hear this in, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. All right, then I'm really going to do it. I'm glad everything's going better for you at home and stuff, but maybe you took some of my advice the wrong way. I don't know. I mean, you know me. I'm always spewing out garbage on one topic or another. Anyway, I guess I just wanted to say, be careful. I'm real glad you're having fun, but this drinking and smoking scene sounds kind of heavy. I don't want to lay in trips on you, buddy, but hey, I just want you back at camp this summer. You're still coming back to camp this summer, aren't you? I've already got writer's cramp. Merry Christmas, Splash, and write again, 
Your pal your Chuck. Pal Chuck. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the most Mike and the Drifters letter ever. It's like, okay. From the moment it started, all I could hear was Mike Nelson's voice. <laughs> Well, and I guess it would make sense that Chuck is, you know, looking out for him because they went to Christian yes. camp together. But yeah, a little bit hokey uh-huh. hokey. But the whole uh, undertone of their friendship, I, I was it. like, oh, we're going to go there. It's going to happen. No. Yeah. Well, they don't particularly, I'm interested to see in Snake's book if they talk about his gay brother more, but they don't really do a lot of like homosexuality among youth in the Degrassi series until next generation. Then everyone is gay. Everybody's gay. Misgendered and fluid. And yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Then they really are like, what didn't we do in the original series? Let's just hit it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Well, I have a fun uh, fact. I guess it's not really a fun fact, but you, you hit on the shag carpet a teeny bit. So I just need to read this one quote. So Shane is hanging at Luke's house. Suddenly, he didn't feel great anymore. Page 130. It happened in seconds. A wave of nausea came over him. It must have shown because Luke asked if he was okay. Shane started to shake his head, but he didn't even have time to get up. He barfed all over the old shag carpet in Luke's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought that was the perfect way to end that story. (laughs) Yeah, because you know that shag carpet didn't get no. changed. Hey, what do you think was messier? The shag carpet or under the bridge? Oh, the shag carpet, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There was water under the bridge to wash exactly. away. Oh, poor I know. Shane. I am really glad I read this book. It didn't really make me like him anymore, but I am still very glad I read it. Because this... It did, in fact, make me like him more and fill in so many facts. Think, this one That's gave me the most facts. So I'm excited because Melanie's the same size as this. And uh, Ooh, I know. I'm just yeah. going to have a hard time not hearing because I'm assuming Kathleen's in it a lot. And I'm going to have a hard time not hearing Melanie and her cute little voice talking. We do find out a cute little Melanie and Kathleen. We find out a bunch of cute and Ma- Kathleen Melanie facts, but we do find out a really cute oh. thing. Should I spo- do a oh, spoiler? No. Okay, well, no spoilers. Sorry, I have to read it. Okay. And this has been the Degrassi Book Club (laughs) brought to you by the Degrassi AV Club. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. So thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye bye. Join us next time as we discuss the next volume in the series Melanie, 